Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast, brought to you by Tover, the creators of the Tover Tovel. The Tover Tovel, which means magic table in Dutch, is an award-winning dementia care tool. It projects interactive serious games that are scientifically proven to improve the quality of life and support caregivers in providing person-centered care. Tover, the power of purposeful play. Hello, I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tifa Snow, and we've covered this topic before, Tifa, but it's always worth going back to because your curious brain always finds new information for us. And the question is, what is happening to a person's brain when they've been diagnosed with dementia? So where do you start on that one? <laughs> uh, typically, it's either one of two things. Ah! Oh, I knew it. I just knew it. Sort of, um, sort of a ah right and then I knew it I knew it I knew it a grieving I move immediately into a grieving because I already knew it or ah I don't believe that that's not true that is not what's going on here I want a second opinion which is flight <laughs> and fight because I just can't buy that this is really what's happening that's ridiculous so classically it's when, if it's truly the first time I've been confronted, and I'm going to say confronted with this reality of I have this thing that's not fixable, depending on what my knowledge about it is, um, that would be a reasonable reaction to, to that idea that I have something that's going to progress, continually modify my brain, change my abilities, affect all my relationships, rob me of independence, and frankly, change everything in my life. I mean, this is not sort of like, oh, you've got a pimple. <laughs> no, I've got a life-changing condition here. And so, you know, part of what I'm doing is reacting to something that we all hope doesn't happen and then having to find out that, well, <laughs> it's for me. Are we all the same? If, if I've been given a di diagnosis of, of dementia, is my brain reacting exactly like somebody else's, the, the 10 other people? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's got to be a unique reaction because your brain was in a new, unique place. And some of it depends on whether or not you have damage in a certain part of the prefrontal cortex that allows you, I mean, literally allows you to be able to see your ability shift and change and know whether or not you're changing. So if you have damage in that area, you have absolutely no awareness that you're changing. And so this diagnosis doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't have dementia. I mean, I, I may have a little forgetfulness, but you know, everybody has that. And so it feels a lot like a denial, but it will vary. And some people go, well, of course I have dementia. My mom had it. What do you expect? And it's not the big deal everybody makes it out to be. Because let's say for me, I wasn't around mom when she had dementia, my sister did it. And so for me, all I saw was at the holidays, she still looked nice, she was great until, you know, my sister informed me she passed and was like, oh, wow, you know, well, she was 82. And my understanding of what my life is, now my sister on the other hand may be totally freaking out. Um, so it, no, I think each person's reaction is, is governed by their primitive brain and what they have working in the other parts of their brain and how it's handled. But 
I think there are categories of reactions. Yeah, so for sure. Rough guesstimate, how many types of dementia have we identified? Oh, well, it depends on who you ask. I'd say ballpark. We know there's at least 120 forms, causes, and types. If we include uh, what we call juvenile dementias, and we include variations on the theme. Now, you know, some people only want to talk about, well, what protein malformations are involved, in which case, you know, they're more limited as far as we understand right now. And there are some uh, research groups that say, well, there's well over 200. And it's like, oh, wow. So, you know, it's tricky right now because some, the reality is, okay, if I said to you, um, Pick's disease, uh, Dr. Pick found a dementia that was both frontal lobe involving and temporal lobe involving. And so because it was the first time it was discovered, it was called Pick's disease. We now would call that frontal temporal dementia frontal variant or behavioral variant. And so right now we're in sort of a, let's stir the pot because we have a lot of people's names, but we then also have a lot of different conditions. And as we pick things apart, we're discovering some dementias we didn't even know existed. Like for instance, late, which has to do with the limbic, like it's a different kind of protein and um, it's unique. It's for older, older adults. And it, we've just discovered it a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. From a care partner's point of view, is it important to know exactly which type of dementia? I think it's important to have a handle on some of the, at least some of the types of dementia because their uh, symptoms are so unique and different and the progression patterns are so unique and different that you want to be able to sort out what's dementia, what's delirium, what's anxiety, what's depression, and what's the start of a second dementia or maybe something very different that our brain needs to wrap itself around so that we can be the right kind of support for somebody. So, I mean, for instance, Lewy body dementia, it has one of its calling cards is you don't sleep very much. Well, you know, if my goal is to get you to sleep and I keep trying lots of meds to do that, I may in fact make some other symptoms incredibly problematic for both of us, including falls or fractures or head injuries or perhaps um, inability to move and that might not get better. Um, so it's the kind of thing, wow, boy, do I want to know what sort of dementia I'm looking at here, because with vascular, I mean, it could stay the same for quite some time. So if I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop, I could be becoming anxious or depressed because they aren't changing that much. And it's like, well, maybe we could just find some stability here because that's the kind of dementia we have, which is unique. It sounds to me like if I'm just going through or entering this process, I should maybe talk to somebody and get some ideas. I think that's a great idea because I think what we do otherwise is get ourselves in a lot of trouble um, because we keep thinking, well, maybe it's not. Well, maybe it is. Well, oh, that's just part of the dimension. It's like, oh, no, they have a massive UTI. And, you know, do we want to do antibiotics at this point? Well, we should at least know that's what we're talking about. That's a very different condition. Tipa, if people want more information, what can we, uh, where can we send them? Well, if all else fails, come to the website because we could chat with you. You could talk on an 800 number. You could send an email. Uh, and we have lots of things available for free. And then we have some for a fee. But we hope to help free consults even. So T- come Tifa? on by. Tifa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg.
You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast, brought to you by Tover, makers of the Tover Tuttle. For more information, www.tover.care. And for more information on positive approach to care, check the website at tipasnow.com.